Hello, and welcome back to another podcast of Macon Tigers in the Library. Today, we're going to be featuring a couple of new books that we have in our library. The first is called I Am Still Alive by Kate Alice Marshall. Jess is alone. Her cabin was burned to the ground. She knows if she doesn't act fast, the cold will kill her before she has time to worry about food. But she is still alive for now. With only her father's dog for company, Jess must forage and hunt for food, build shelter and keep herself warm. Some days it feels like the wild is out to destroy her, but she is stronger than she ever imagined. Jess will survive. She has to. She knows who killed her father, and she wants revenge. Chapter One I am alone. I don't have much food. The temperature is dropping. No one is coming for me. It will be winter soon, and there are so many ways to die out here. If the cold doesn't get me, the hunger will. If the hunger doesn't get me, the cold will. Or some wild animal. Or those men will come back. But I'm not dead yet, and someone should know. Someone should know what happened. So I'm writing it down as best I can. In pieces, because that's the way it is in my head, all tangled up. There are two beginnings to this story. One of them is on a tarmac in Alaska. The other standing on a lake shore with the rain falling on me like mist. The cabin's timber smoldering, sullen, and red. I'll tell you both stories what happened before my father died, and what happened after. And when I'm done, or when I'm too weak to write anymore, I'll leave this notebook where the cabin was. If someone comes looking for us, for me, maybe they'll find it. So, if you're reading this, I'm probably dead. But for a while, I survived. My name is Jess Cooper, and I am still alive. Book Two by Jennifer Latham, Dreamland Burning. When 17-year-old Rowan Chase finds a skeleton on her family's property, she has no idea that investigating the brutal century-old murder will lead to a summer of painful discoveries about the past, the present, and herself. 100 years earlier, a single violent encounter propels 17-year-old Will Tillam into a racial firestorm, sparking a journey toward self-discovery where Will must confront his own inner demons as he struggles to do what's right the night Tulsa burns. Through intricately woven alternating perspectives, Jennifer Latham's page-turner brings the Tulsa race riot of 1921 to life and raises important questions about the complex state of U.S. race relations, both yesterday and today. Chapter 1 Nobody walks in Tulsa, at least not to get anywhere. Oil built our houses, paved our streets, and turned us from a cow town stop on the Frisco Railroad into the heart of Route 66. My ninth grade Oklahoma history teacher joked that around these parts, walking is a sacrilege. Real Tulsans drive. But today my car is totaled and I have an 1130 appointment with the district attorney at the county courthouse. So I walked. 
Mom and Dad wanted to come home and pick me up after their morning meetings. I convinced them that the walk would help me clear my head, and it did, especially where I got to the place where he died. Honestly, I've been a little worried that there again, being there again would mess me up. So I had to calm myself. I imagined how things must have looked the night Will and Joseph and Ruby tried to survive. There's this old map of Tulsa online and the streets I walked along to get here are on it. In 1921, the Arkansas River cut them off to the south, just like it does today. But back then they ran north into the trees and fields and farms. There aren't any farms now, only highways and concrete. It was probably quieter a hundred years ago, but that doesn't necessarily mean better. I understand now that history only moves forward in a straight line when we learn from it. Otherwise, it loops past the same mistakes over and over again. That's why I'm here, wearing one of Mom's knee-length business skirts, sitting on a bench near the courthouse, waiting to tell the DA what happened. I want to stop just one of those loops because it's like Geneva says, the dead always have stories to tell. They just need the living to listen.